Hey, greetings, sports fans, Catholic radio listeners. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore, and you're listening to Two Guys in a Conversation. Brad, we're heat in the in the heat and in the depths of, of basketball with tourney time all across the country, um, both high school and college. And, uh, you know, the Bishop Healing girls are uh, making some noise down at state. Got a first round victory over the uh, Des Moines Christian team, which, uh, as you had mentioned, and you predicted this uh, on our last show, that Healing's competition, their level of athleticism, uh, and with their one three one half court press would be a difficult task for Siouxland Christian. Yeah, and that, so that was the case. They forced twenty two turnovers, and you get to state, and you have uh, big, athletic, aggressive teams, and uh, sometimes it's a shock. It's a little much for uh, teams when they come in. But as you've mentioned, concern all year. They shot uh, two for 11 percent from the three point line. Uh, when you get twenty two turnovers, you don't need to hit your three pointers, but. Right. You know, this next matchup, different story, a little tougher team. Yeah, so yeah. they may have to shoot a little bit better. That's going to be it. I, I think if you, it, again, they were uh, more athletic. Um, they were able to score off their defense. Um, but if they have to rely on, you know, getting packed in and shooting, that's going to be the question mark. Can someone find that uh, range and, and can be able to carry them through? And we've talked about it all year. It's just going to be a, a big, big game, uh, I believe, with Clear Lake. Uh, ranked number two. Right. So Clear Lake's 23 and two. Uh, l- one of their losses was the 4A state qualifier, Waverly Shellrock, but they've got a senior, 5'8 senior, Sarah Faber. Mm-hmm. Um, she's their star. She yeah. averages 17 points a game. She scored 24 first round against Assumption. Uh, they've got a couple other uh, junior guards. They've got a 6'1 uh, junior post player, uh, Dodd, uh, Darby Dodd. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a 5'7 junior. She's a uh, 40% from three-point range. Wow. Wow. Um, That's good. 84% free throw shooter. Wow. The team is a really good overall free throw shooting team, 68%. Uh, they average 64 points a game, so they can score. So this one's uh, a little different team than first round. Right, right. Well, it was interesting, the commentary uh, from, the, from the Des Moines Christian team and coaches, that in preparation for Helan, they brought boys in, uh, some people from the boys team and – and basically tried to simulate that level. And so it really comes down to, okay, we're, we're at the final four. Okay, you got really good teams here. And, and, and likely, most likely, Clear, Clear Lake is going to be more like a Cherokee. They're going to be able to handle the ball. Um, and so it's going to – Healing's just going to have to probably figure out a different way to win. Um, and, they, and they've done it all year, yeah. you know. And, they, and, and, and other kids uh, on the team have stepped up. So it's going to be exciting mm-hmm. – and kicks off, and, and we're we're taping actually ahead of the game. It's, it tips off right. in about three hours. So. Right, and you know, I I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. Could go oh, either yeah. way. Yeah. So uh, somebody's going to have to knock down some key shots, and hopefully uh, they can keep. Uh, maybe Helan's athleticism can keep Faber in check a little bit. Yeah, get the ball inside to Ella if they can, depending on how they play him, and she'll uh, create some problems for their uh, their post people. That's for sure. Well, Brad, a little bit more on the uh, on the local scene. Um, East boys were having a pretty good run, got upended in the substate by a really good Ankeny team. So they finished seventeen and five um, for Raz Vanderloo's team, and again a solid year over there. And they'll have to re- they'll have to rebuild, uh, much like a lot of other teams. Um, Sergeant Bluff, let's talk about Sergeant Bluff, Brad. So Sergeant Bluff, fourteen and ten, <laughs> sneaks in to the uh, state tournament. They've got Pella. Mm-hmm. I believe next Tuesday, fourth fourth year in a row, Brad, and it's becoming their 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 deal. That's their bar, and uh, you know programs 
with good coaches. Vandershaft's a good coach over there at Sergeant Bluff. Um, they just have I've gotten it figured out. Now they have a front line, six eight, six seven, maybe six seven. Layman might be six seven. Uh, uh, Daniel Wright six eight. Daniel Wright might be their best three point shooter though. I think yeah. part of their difficulties this year, and I haven't seen him play. This is in talking with other folks. His guard play has hammered them, hampered them a little bit. So depending on how they handle pressure, backcourt pressure, uh, and how well maybe they get some perimeter shooting, they could be a tough out. Yeah. With that size. Well, again, you know, they're they're a three A school. They've played some great competition right. here to get there. So right. you know, they uh, they do have a tough matchup first round, but you know, you get to state across the state of Iowa. We talked about it last week. I like talking about it, but uh, it's really t- tough to tell. It's tough to look at someone's record right. and seating and, and and really figure out where they are because, uh, you know, on this side of the state, we seem to play, and in the Des Moines area, um, the 3A teams play a lot of 4A teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other side of the state, a lot of 3A teams play 2A teams. Right, right. And, or even 1A teams. It, it, so, you know, the exceptions are the uh, parochial schools. Wallert yes. plays in the, uh, the the tough conference over there. Um, and then Assumption, I'm not sure where Assumption plays, but they're a smaller parochial school. Um, but they're always battle-ready, yeah. battle-tested, and so they're battle-ready. Yeah. So Well, let's uh, wish Sergeant Bluff luck. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. Gonna be see exciting. if they can't win a game or two down there. You know, speaking of Sergeant Bluff and Daniel Wright, you know, the he's he's uh, committed to the University of Wisconsin, uh, Brad, as a quarterback. Now, this is, uh, again, secondary information, but what we've been told is it's kind of a gray shirt deal where he comes in, red shirts, possibly pays his way the first year, and then has a four-year scholarship. But they've indicated that they're not really going to recruit another quarterback in that class is, is the word. So they're pretty high on him, and I think they're probably thinking they got a steal. Um, and they also picked up the uh, commitment from the player from Yankton, and, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have his name right now. Basketball player, yeah, yeah. He's a proliferative, a proliferative scorer, uh, six foot six, six seven. He's going to end up with over 2,500 points career wise. Everybody wanted him. University yeah. of Nebraska wanted him. Yeah, going to Wisconsin, and uh, one of the Wisconsin coaches that's still on the bench, Joe Krabinoff. And Joe was a uh, outstanding player at Roosevelt. Uh, his dad um, was the CEO of Sanford Health for quite a while. Um, and uh, Joe now is an assistant coach with Wisconsin. Uh, and so, it, uh, you know, Wisconsin's kind of dipped over here and, and uh, stolen a few guys. Yeah, so uh, Daniel Wright, leading scorer, 6'8 kid, 81% free throw shooter, Great athlete. That's what they look for, right? Oh, yeah. Multi-sport <laughs> athletes. Right. At 6'8", you know, there's, there's often the talk, maybe that's too big for a quarterback because you don't have they don't have enough mobility. But then, you know, you look at the prototype quarterback at 6'5", 6'6", maybe, and, and 235, 240, or they're super athletic and uh, when they're looking at the next level. Um, and I think Iowa is, is interestingly, they've recruited those big physical quarterbacks like Nate Stanley, now Spencer Petrus, who's going to step in, same body style. But recently, they're offering 6'1", 6'2", athletic, uh, more run-pass option type quarterbacks. Yeah, well, that's that's Nebraska's uh, recruiting profile. But I, you know, Daniel Wright's 6'8". He's got a great arm, you um, know, smart kid, so... <clears throat> You know, I wouldn't assume anything. If I was recruiting an athlete, if they're a football player, you know, great football player, yeah. great basketball player, great student, yeah. 
You take the kid. Yeah. Daniel Wright as a quarterback reminds me a lot of Zach McCabe, the way he throws the ball. He's got a high release. I've seen him play. Like you said, Brad, he throws a accurate deep ball, very accurate. So uh, it's funny how he slid under the radar. The word, uh, the word we were hearing is that he really wasn't being re- had any offers mm. of any, any substance. And, uh, you know, boom. And, and that's the cool thing when you hear these stories about recruiting. It's such an imperfect science. Right. You know. So, uh, any case, yeah, good luck to uh, Sergeant Bluff boys down there and, and good luck to the Bishop Healing girls. And we'll report on how they've ended their tourney run next week on our show. Yeah, one uh, congratulations to the East girls. I know that's not the yeah. way they wanted to end yeah. the season, but uh, they made it to state, big upset in, yeah. in uh, regional play, and they did make it down there. So, congratulations. I'd like to comment on, I read the commentary in the paper, their coach, and really what he was saying is we've proven that we can play with Des Moines by beating them. Okay, now the question is, can you consistently play at a high level? And what he talked about, and this is the truth, you've got to have committed players that are gonna play in the summer at the highest possible level. The All-Iowa Tech is a phenomenal girls AU program, and that's a feeder system for, um, you know, around the Des Moines area. And some of the top players in Iowa play for that. And so the emergence of more of this local flavor with these arenas going up, that's a good thing for Sioux City Sports. Yeah, you, you can get so far on athleticism, but you've got to have a nucleus of girls that play basketball year-round, yeah, and, or, or at least through the summer. And when you play at that high level and travel across the country, you're playing against – the competition every game is, is <clears throat> incredibly uh, challenging. So when you come back, it's, it's, you, you just don't see what you had seen on the, on the travel schedule, and that's, that's such an advantage, right. such an advantage. Well, listen – We'll uh we'll got a little more sports to talk about here today, Brad. Um, but we need to take a break, and uh, we'll catch everybody after break on two guys in conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to two guys in conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host Brad Moore, we're coming to you from the campus of Sterling Computer here in North Sioux. Brad and his team have set up a nice little uh, studio for us to uh, record our show on. And it's pretty impressive, Brad, the technology uh, that you guys have brought in. And and word has it uh, from our five listeners that we actually sound better. Well, I, I can tell that you sound better. You you probably should do uh, some radio for a living. <laughs> I might have to. You never know someday. But anyway, uh, this is a section of our show that is uh, known as Brad and Steve's Room of Knowledge. And uh, we have fun with this. And uh, we're going to continue a little local uh, basketball talk and, and talk about Dakota Valley boys. Um, won their first tournament game pretty uh, decisively. Uh, no no uh, big story here. Paul Bruns at 28, uh, or 24, excuse me, I think. Uh, that was the number. And uh, he's averaging 28.8 per game. Um, and uh, freshman brother had 11 or freshman brother. Like I mean, that. man, next year they're going to be crazy good as well. But they, yeah. they've got a shot. Um, you know, um, they play T area next. And I think they've, as you had mentioned to me off the, off the air, that they've won both games. So they got a pretty good shot to making that sweet 16. Yeah. So Dakota Valley is no stranger to uh, uh, going deep into the postseason. You know, I love the way that Kleiss coaches his teams. Yeah. They're aggressive. They they don't back down from <clears throat> anyone. So you know they're going to come out. And they're going to play hard. I, I expect they'll beat T. Uh, then they'll go to the Sweet Sixteen or whatever South Dakota calls it. And and uh, 
and they'll be on their way to state. So good luck to them. So one of the things that <clears throat> I heard uh, recently, and I've been watching just a lot of basketball, which is which I love to do this time of year. There's been an interesting trend in games, especially at the college level. Brad, a, a team will come out, and they're a pretty good shooting team, okay, or and they get off to a bad start, and all of a sudden they're down nine or ten. And the makeup of their personalities changes a lot. All of a sudden, you're down 10. You hesitate. Do I take the three? Do I not take the three? And there's a certain element to this that I'd love to study. Um, and so the question becomes, and, and I think Fran McCaffrey said that too. We get down nine. It's hard not for people to hesitate. or it, it, You got to keep doing what got you there. You got to be consistent. I, I've watched Kleiss' teams play multiple times. They get behind or they get ahead or whatever. They're very consistent. And I think that's, that starts at the top. If you're a shooter and you're open, your job is to shoot the ball. I know that coach doesn't like to play from behind. He would rather play from ahead. But I almost feel like it's rope-a-dope, like, yeah. like the heavyweight boxers. Because there has been – and I followed a lot of Dakota Valley basketball because I had a relative playing for him and friends playing for him. And, you know, they get down, they get, they are really dangerous if they're down by 10, 12, 15 <laughs> yeah. points. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched them overcome double digit deficits late mm -hmm. in the game and they just keep coming and coming and coming. They, they play more consistent than probably most teams at the college level. At the college talk, Brad, a lot is runs. You know, they're going to make a run. We're going to make a run. And, you know, Someone that knocks down a three and next, you know, maybe knocks down another three that normally doesn't do it. And these things happen. And it's the game is so different now with three point shooting and the lack of three point shooting. I mean, there's certain teams that you go, wow, if this guy doesn't knock down shots, they're in trouble. And you see it. Creighton goes on the road, ranked 10th to St. John's, who's having an okay season. St. John's knocks down 17 threes and, and kills them at, mm -hmm. at their place. And Fran talked about it, Fran McCafferty, that it's just easier. You're more comfortable shooting the ball at home. So a lot of times home teams shoot a lot better. Makes sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, got people yelling at you, all that. So what I would want to study, I want to analytically start studying more what players shoot better on the road than versus home, vice versa. I mean, starting to understand that and then look at the makeup of these type of people. And and that's, you know, when you're from a recruiting standpoint, I'm telling you, I got to have two or three shooters on my team to go with my athletes. So, because you create space. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and so it's just a, it's an interesting thing that I'm watching. And, and the problem is that any, any given day in the NCAA, you could get beat. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Just don't make that my homework. You, you go study that. Yeah. Bring it back. But, you know, basketball, um, you know, I, I really like when coaches' philosophy is, you, you know, play your game. You know, don't get so caught up in trying to win a game. Just play your game. Yeah. Compete as uh, as hard as you can. Don't let the don't get too down. Don't get too high. And, you know, and maybe a better philosophy for some teams is is not to let let's not go win that game, but let's go play as hard as we can. And yeah. and, and when when the final horn sounds. We want that other team to think, wow, that, that was a tough game. Win right. or lose. Right. Let's just go play as hard as we can, be the toughest out possible. Right. And you never know when it's your night. You never know when you're going to make 17 or 18 threes or the other team is. So, but, you know, 
But play with confidence and that's, that's hard. A, that's what Purdue did to Iowa the other night. You know, Purdue had 21 offensive rebounds. You said Purdue was still dangerous and still good and going to make the tournament. I think you're going to be right. That, that would be number 11 in the big Yeah, I'm big telling game. you what, they just hammered Iowa the other night. Uh, and, and speaking of, like, your play hard and philosophy and, and you have such a great understanding of the game, um, I was talking to Coach Sykes actually last night. And uh, we were at a little event for the boys men's team. Our, our good friend Brian Atchison had the men's basketball team at the plaza and, and this little tradition and fed them a little steak and they figure out who they're playing in the tournament. By the way, they were the number three overall ranked uh, seed for the national tournament up at the Pentagon in uh, Sioux Falls starting next Wednesday. Their game is at 145 and uh, they're playing uh, a College of the Ozarks. Yeah. So, so they're one seed, Ozarks eight seed. What a great venue. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be, you know, they got to play. It's a five-game tournament if you're going to win it all. And so I, uh, I'm i looking forward to seeing how they do. But we had we had talked a lot about defensive philosophy. And I, I uh, had a chance to watch a lot of Morningside basketball games a number of years ago. And I really began to appreciate how advanced Coach Sykes' understanding of the game was. So the old school teaching, Rad, remember this? You get beat off the dribble, or you're not playing good defense, okay? Uh, that's not at all the way he wants. If you have a guy in the three-point line, he wants him run off the line. He does not want to give up any three-point shots and wants to drive, let him drive, but he wants him not in the middle. Drive baseline, you got another defensive helper, which is the baseline. Everybody collapses down so they can have the direct pass to the corner. And if the person's good enough to drive hard and cross-court a pass to an open wing shooter, good for them. Tip your hat. Yeah. They'll give that up. And I've watched his teams play, and it's just like one movement. They all know exactly what to do. But you want to sit on the bench by Coach Sykes? You don't get through a pick and you let a guy shoot an open three, you're coming out. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the, th the three is such a big part of the game now. <laughs> yeah. So when we were in high school and college, it was don't get beat off the dribble. And and don't let your player go baseline. Yeah. And and now they want you defending opposite. tough and pushing to the baseline. And if the, the the post doesn't slide to help, they're the ones that are the going to the bench. Yes. And the drop down wing's got to come down to support the post. And it's a it's a really cool thing to watch. Well, listen, um, we'll wrap up our little uh, show here after the break, Brad, um, and and talk a little more on college hoops on two guys in a conversation. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore. You know, some and, of our best conversations are during the break. Yeah. You know, we got to remind ourselves that let's save something for the, for yeah. the radio yeah, show. Yeah, we just so. said, hey, turn the mic on. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about stuff we should be talking about on the radio. And yeah. that was the, the terrible <laughs> Nebraska okay. Husker basketball team. I, I don't, and this is typical of our show. We just guess at statistics, okay? But they were eight for 30-something. I think eight for 30 or eight for 32. From, and the, I, from the free throw free line. From, from the free throw line. And I believe it's one of the worst team free throw percentage in at least a decade in college basketball. And they might have also set a record that their three-point percentage that night was higher than their three, their their free throw, throw percentage. Throw. Right. And they still went to overtime. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole <laughs> game. It's, it's painful. But, you know, and Fred Hoiberg, you know, Bless his heart, that guy. He, he's, he's so handled, calm. He's handling and well. positive. You know, he know he knew what he had going into the season. He knew he was going to be shorthanded yep. in a very tough conference. Right. He's handling it well. Doc Sadler's very positive guy on the bench I with him. Doc. So 
I really like their coaching staff. Their best three players, they say, are on the bench, redshirting. They've got, you know, they picked up the Wisconsin transfer. King. King. There was a starter at Wisconsin. So going to be dramatically different uh, next year. But this year, it's painful to watch. Well, it's so interesting you made the commentary on Coach Hoiberg because I was watching this game, and I am going, and the whole audience is watching them shoot free throws. Your post kid, I think, went one for ten. And I'm like, would somebody please watch Hoosiers and do the Opie free throw? You'd have a much better <laughs> chance. You'd probably shoot 70%, but no, they're all, you know, it's, that's not cool, right? Rick Berry, that's not cool. Yeah. You back, you just flip it back. But anyway, yeah. I was just, it was painful to watch. And Hoiberg, you talk about someone that understands basketball psychology. He didn't blink. So, I mean, you know, and you, if you had one of these other demonstrative coaches, they'd been, Oh, and they would have been throwing their hands up and kicking the bench because they're missing free throws. They should have won the game. Yeah, so, you know, that post player, he's uh, from France, maybe. Yeah. He's European B- Bordeaux player. Bordeaux or something, like a wine. Right, right. <laughs> so he's 17, very, very young. Uh, he grabbed like 15 rebounds. He is doing some positive things. Uh, he had 13 rebounds the first half, right? Yeah, so I don't know how far. They had a player like that uh, last year or the year before, and the idea was is that they would develop their shooting. And, you know, they. I don't think that that person, I don't think that player made anything unless he was dunking it, and this guy's a, a little bit the same. So I don't know how much you can develop a kid while they're in college. Can you yeah. take a kid that that, you know, can't really score around the basket, a big guy, and can you make him – serviceable i i don't think so i i was pretty impressed with his his potential athletically and what he was doing in there and but you know uh it, again it comes back to the psychology a little bit of front runners you know front runners are they get going and they're comfortable and it's easy pressure's on and then how do they respond and it was it was just crazy to watch that that tension that the, the whole the whole audience felt it, and so it was magnified. And so, if you contrast that to big free throws, I watched in the next game, Michigan State guys, it just they're up there, bam, you know, it's like bam, we're gonna stick this. And so, I think there's a it's it's a growth thing. And the announcers go, "What do you do? You take psychology classes?" It's like, no, 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 no. You shoot more no. free throws. Shoot, you just shoot. You have to figure out ways to create tension with your free throw shooting, and they'll figure that out. Like it's like putting three, four footers right. under pressure, right. and yeah, you just uh, you got to figure it out. You got to fight through it. But like you said, it's contagious. You yeah. know, you get a few of your better players that start missing That's free right. throws, and then right. and then everybody gets a little uptight. And I know they wanted to win that for their seniors at home, but they were. What I was noticing is the 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 players and the leadership. They were kind of almost apologetic. Like, hey, hey, that's okay. You needed somebody to walk up, stick their finger in the chest, and go, "Listen, put a good stroke on it." Now, if it doesn't go in, but act like you want to make it. Yeah, and that's the that was my whole philosophy in coach when I was coaching younger players, and I had a pretty good boys team. I coached, and by the way, I had a chance to coach Clint Sargent, and we won a lot of close games. And of course, Clint had the ball a lot of times, but whenever we had a kid in the huddle. And it's getting ready to go. I said, hey, you know, Johnny's going to go up and knock this down. And I said, always our philosophy is this. Just put a good stroke on it. You know, you're not going to make every one, but give it a chance. Right. Bend your knees, follow through, and then um, the rest will take care of itself. Right. And, and don't go up there and shorthand it or just put a good stroke. Yeah. And then see what happens. There are so many. If I've, I've played uh, some competitive golf. 
and I think golf is most closely related to basketball mm-hmm. in pressure situations mm-hmm. where it's it's exactly like you said is you can't control the outcome all the time but uh, you can you can prepare hard uh, and, and if your form's down then you just let it roll whether it's a, a putt a chip or a free throw mm-hmm. or a three-pointer you, you know at the end of the game you can't control whether that ball is going to go in or not but but you can control your nerves, your confidence, and it, you earn the right, as you always say, to let it rip. Well, you know what, Brad? You just nailed it. The 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 difference, um, like, would be watching me play golf. I'm like the guy that is shooting 21% from three, but I'm in a game and I knock four straight down. But when it gets to be pressure, because I have flawed techniques, and the more flawed your technique is under more pressure, the greater, greater problem you're going to have. And then the ball starts sailing all over the place. So like you said, consistency in form, consistency in repetition provides better opportunity on stressful conditions to be more consistent. Totally agree. Right, right. Well, you're hard on yourself in golf. And if, <laughs> if anyone's seen Fergie play golf, if he gets a 54-degree sandwich in his hands, he's deadly. <laughs> After I've hit six shots up to the so. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be playing a little golf here coming up. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, the season's upon us. But uh, anyway, Big Ten basketball is 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 getting crazy. Uh, it's coming down the stretch. I'm gonna go to Indianapolis next week, Brad, uh, and go to the Big Ten tournament. We were there together last year. Yeah, if I were an Iowa fan, I'd be right there with you. And last year, I had more fun. Iowa lost early, and I sat with you and your family, and we watched Nebraska make that run, and you know, Tim Miles, unfortunately, was on the way out, and that's okay. I thought he did a phenomenal coaching job. So they had a ton of injuries. I think they had their two leading scorers left, and they had three John, or four players. My, my legendary guy, Johnny Trueblood. Johnny Trueblood um, th- that never saw the court, and they got on a run at the end of the season and in the Big Ten tournament it made it a ton of fun to watch. I mean, Every fan in the place, you know, that wasn't a fan of the opposing team, they were all rooting for Nebraska because they were a bunch of ragtag underdogs during that tournament. Yeah. It's fun to root for the underdog, and that was a lot of fun. So, Well, our good buddy Brian Atchison said it last night. There's something brewing in Wisconsin. They had a lot of tragedy um, in the offseason. Uh, they've had some very special things. Um, Orlando Tucker came back and volunteered to be assistant coach, who was a former NBA player, great at, at Wisconsin. Uh, Richard Griffith came back and got his degree, and they had a ceremony for him for senior night last night. Nice. And he is a former player from 20 years ago. But, he, but this assistant coach, Moore, has such an influence, and they are playing as good as anybody right now. Seven in a row, now tied for first place in the Big Ten. Yeah. And that great guard on last night, the coach, I really like him. I think one of the, I think one of those victories uh, early in that streak was against Nebraska. I was there for it. I told you, I was really impressed. They're a very tough team. I think they're going to do well in the postseason. Yeah, I do too. I, I really do. They have two bigs that are playing extremely well. Davison's playing great. Um, Pritzel, senior, he's just playing lights out right now. They have a great point guard in Trice. They got some athletic pieces, and uh, they're going to be a tough out, Brad. So Purdue uh, mm-hmm. beating Iowa, uh, they're getting up to their one game below 500 in the Big Ten, 16-14 um, overall. Maybe win one more in the regular season, and maybe one in the uh, postseason. They they might be the 11th team in. They have 
arguably three of the top wins in the country this year, uh, I think against top 15 teams, and they've beaten three of them by over 25 points. They're dangerous. They've they've just have really slapped Iowa around, It's uh, and it's impressive. And the recipe of how to uh, beat Iowa was shown with a hard double down with two big guys in Garza and, and letting Connor McCaffrey stand there and figure out, do I want to shoot it or not? And, uh, and, and Connor went two for seven. He's just got to let it fly. Yeah, it probably helps to have a couple of seven-footers yeah. against yeah. Garza, too. Yeah. Hey, listen, that was uh, that was a great show, Brad. Always fun to talk uh, sports with you. And uh, we're going to sign off uh, for our show today from Two Guys in a Conversation.